GBC Podcasts, local voices on demand. Hello, thanks for listening to the Gibraltar Today podcast. I'm Jonathan Scott. How do Gibraltar's footballers pick themselves up after a record-breaking 14-0 defeat against France? Our reporter Jose Mari Ruiz is in Faro with the squad ahead of their final Euro qualifier against the Netherlands. And we were also joined by Robin Shepard Capurro here in the studio. Demolition works at the old Bayside School have started ahead of the construction of buildings for residential, retail and business. There'll also be some new public space there. There were mixed feelings from Radio Gibraltar listeners. And the Gibonco Gibraltar International Literary Festival came to a close after three days of talks at different venues across town. We discussed it with our reporter Cristina Cortez. But first, the theme for International Men's Day is Zero Male Suicide. Think family breakdown, courts and mental health issues for fathers. I was joined in the studio by Brenda Kuby of the charity Gibsams and first by the Equality Minister, Christian Santos. It's very important to mark um, Men's International Day, Women's International Day and any other day which celebrates um, the community as a whole. I know sometimes... Um, Men do get bashed for certain things here and there because, you know, that's just the way that the world has been working. But there are lots of issues that men um, that men ha- have and they're, they're, they're confronted by. And one of the biggest ones is mental health uh, in men. Just the way that the world has developed. We've, we've never been allowed to maybe be vulnerable and we've taken, you know, the stereotype is always of the strong man who has to support. So um, we've... I don't think uh, historically we've given men's mental health as much importance worldwide, but in the past five to ten years it's been an issue that we've kind of now considered as a serious issue. We've had serious problems with it, and especially this year, uh, the theme of World uh, International Men's Day is zero suicide. It's about trying to uh, bring awareness to this issue here in Gibraltar. Uh, we don't want to be left behind. This is something that uh, in, in the past few years I've been working with Walking Together, uh, Gypsams and a lot of other organisations. And now it's a, it's a chance for us to kind of bring it to the streets. And um, especially today and tomorrow, we also have a fireside chat to discuss this uh, with a panel. Okay, so, um, you know, some people's response to International Men's Day is that it's the other 364 days of the year apart from International Women's Day. What would your response be to that? I think that we are, we are now... Um, I understand where we, can, where we can see that and where people feel that is the case. Um, it's because women have been considered like a minority. It's like when Pride Month comes along or any other uh, festival of this, of, of days of, of this nature come along. It doesn't mean that because men have maybe had it um, easier in certain aspects of, of, of life, maybe in careers and, and, and things like that, but it doesn't mean that men haven't had issues in other areas like mental health. And I understand that men's, Women's International Day uh, came about for different reasons that Men's International Day came about. So we need to see each of these days for what they are. It doesn't mean that we cannot... Um, use Men's International Day for issues that uh, are afforded to, to, to men. We also have our issues, so do women, and I'm a, uh, a big believer in having to uh, use these days for awareness for whatever that sector of the community needs. 
Okay, so uh, a very serious topic, zero male suicide is the theme for, for this year's International Men's Day which is difficult to knock when you think that uh, the number of suicides among men is higher than that among women. So there is um, a, a very, very serious issue that needs to be looked at, and, and this is part of that. Exactly. This is a worldwide issue. Um, for us, we needed to use this day to bring awareness to the services that we have here. Uh, a lot of people may be unaware that we have Walking Together, that is a suicide... Um, um, suicide NGO, uh, no? Uh, yes, an NGO that, that helps people, people's families yeah, 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 with bereavement. We have Gypsams, uh, we have the mental health um, group, um, the mental health department at the GHA, um, even things like uh, today we have a, a prostate cancer charity because this can um, play a part in men's mental health and this is something that we wanted to bring awareness to what do we offer in Gibraltar do you need help this is what we have for you use this anything we can do to prevent male suicide or any issues with mental health this is the, the, the group to call, this is the number, these are the people, we're here to help you. And um, when you are mayor, you had campaigns such as We Are One and Speak Up, Speak Out, which focused on collectively uh, addressing um, negative uh, things, realities in, in our society, such as discrimination and bullying. Is this almost uh, a continuation of that outreach work and um you know does it is it a, a sort of something that has a, a direct benefit from your time as mayor you know that you, you've got experience doing this sort of thing yeah my time as mayor taught me a lot about where we were as a community and what the community needed and now as a the minister for equality it's a chance for me to actually you know um offer the the, the services on, on a ministerial level and hopefully you know get the people involved to help with with policy making which is now something that i that I can do, which I couldn't do before. Um, but for me, it's about always first is my community. What does my community need? How can I help my community? And now as Minister for Equality, what can I offer? And what I can is this, the fireside chat that we're doing tomorrow, which which is something I'm, I'm very much looking forward to. It's a panel of men and it's not just for men. I think we need men, women, young people, everyone to find out because sometimes we just get a room full of men talking about issues that men face it's the same with women um we're preaching to the converted so I, i'd like to uh, invite everyone who's interested to to get in touch with us and to um come we've got a panel of fantastic men who are going to be talking about their mental health journey either uh, personal or around people with mental health issues so anyone wanting to register needs to get in touch with the ministry of quality of equality uh, m e e ct at gibraltar.gov.gi or you can call 200 46253 if you're watching on gbc television you'll have noticed that brenda cuby of the charity gibsams has joined us now um good afternoon brenda and um what what can you say of the um attitudes um in town this morning uh, towards international men's day good afternoon jonathan it was a really um good event this morning because it brought together all the services that the um, government provide plus the charities and NGOs and it's just so nice to see everybody working together and you know for the same reason for the fact that we want to improve the mental health of those in the community around us you know not just men not just women but everybody and getting everybody together talking and engaging and 
being there and just showing that level of awareness is something years ago we didn't have. And so I think it's important that that's what we do. And, um, you know, you're a suicide prevention charity. It's, it's, uh, it must be difficult work at times, but a, a day like today must um, fill you with positive energy because you, you can see that there are a lot of other people with you working towards the same goal. That's right. So it's nice to have everybody together. It's nice to have everybody working for the same aim. You know, we want zero suicide in Gibraltar, in our community. And, you know, that is... You know, it is something that we can achieve. It is something from when we first started, the levels of suicide was a lot higher than what it currently is. So we know that this works. We know that by having everybody together, we're stronger. We're stronger as a community because people can see that. So, you know, people who were maybe didn't stop today, maybe they were busy doing other things, but maybe just by seeing this and seeing us here today on, you know, on your show and the coverage that we're getting, that is important because people, even if they couldn't make it to town, they'll still be aware of why we're doing it and what the reasons are. I think it's important, sorry, for for people to know that there's help out there, that they're not alone and that they've got a chance to speak uh, because a lot of it is is not knowing where to go, who to speak to, and feeling like you're the only person. Um, so events like today, I think that that's the most important, making people realise that they're not alone. And when you look at uh, all of the people contributing to this effort to, to sort of work towards zero male suicide, uh, as per the theme today, um, do you think, as Equality Minister, that's enough? Or, or do you also talk to people and, and realise that there are some sort of weak points that need to be improved on? Um, as minister and as a person, as a whole, I always think we are never going to do enough because I think the moment you think that you've done enough, why, why bother continuing? So I always think that we always need to keep improving. So when you think, okay, we're at a better uh, point than we were yesterday, that's fine, but are we going to be better tomorrow than we are today? And I think that's an attitude that I want to take. So yes, we're doing quite a lot. There's a lot of NGOs and I speak to them very often and I tell them all the time. NGOs and charities are the, the, the perfect example of the best Gibraltar has to offer. Um, so we need to keep continuing uh, to uh, offer more and more and more and continue this always all right and um before we let you go brenda QB, you had another event uh, on saturday proactively trying to encourage um exercise because we know that uh, having a healthy body helps to have uh, a healthy mind uh, tell us a little bit about this collaboration with absolute gym and why it mattered so for us, collaboration with the local community is really important. And as you said, fitness is one way that we can improve our mental health. And by getting these teams together, they showed, you know, different ways of working together. You know, they were, you know, geeing everybody on. There was a bit of camaraderie. And it was nice for them to do that. And for us, it's really important, you know, that we see, the, you know, that we look at all these aspects. You know, it's not just, you know... It's not just about going out and raising awareness. It's about participation. It's about the different areas. It's all the different tools that you have in your toolbox. Because what works for you, what works for the minister, what works for me is going to be different. So we need to be looking at all the different aspects. And, you know, it is a journey. It's a journey that we're on. It's not something which is going to be fixed overnight. So let's all just take steps, work together together 
in these different ways. And I'm told that uh, Mr Santos is leading from the front when it comes to exercising and being <laughs> healthy. Well, I, I, I do spend a lot of time um, working on myself because of that, because I think it's positive for my mental health to have a time. I go at 6 in the morning, 6, 6.30, and I go for a jog, and it's my time for myself. I get those endorphins up. And then it's it's a time that, you know... A lot of us look like very strong individuals and I think uh, my strength comes from my own vulnerability and I openly speak about working on my mental health or, or making sure that I, I don't have any issues with my mental health. I'm very aware of things that can happen if I don't take care of myself as well. So I think we all need to do this. We all need to be aware that this is not something that happens to somebody else. It can happen to you. Take care of yourselves. Be aware of who you are, what you do and, and make sure that you use your vulnerability as your strength. Gibraltar Today with Jonathan Scott. Now, it was a, a really tough match uh, on Saturday night. We entered the record books, albeit uh, it's a record that, of course, we did not want to hold. Uh, France beat Gibraltar 14-0. Uh, they were World Cup finalists, Robin, but um, I think it was always going to be a tough match, but I think going down to 10 men for me was like the, you know, it, it was a moment that the game hinged on. I know that they were doing well already, France, and they'd already scored uh, a few goals, but but still, you know, going down to ten men and having to play seventy-four minutes in the end with ten players against France's eleven is just too tall a ma- a- an order. I think the little belief the players would have had at kickoff um, was just like zeroed by the red card, no, and that that just kind of left them with 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 mission impossible and then some um it was just it was just a perfect storm on the night it was france flying it was gibraltar's worst day at the office it was the red card it was just all the, all the sort of the stars aligned and it just ended up in 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 the worst i would consider that to be the worst night in in Gibraltarian footballing history, to be honest, it's it it's still left... sits really, really, really heavy at the pit of my stomach and tough going to bed that night. Honestly, it was rare that me and especially Alan Buller, who was my guest, are, are speechless. And we were both pretty much lost for words, as most Gibraltarian fans uh, would have been watching that. We, we could not believe what was happening. We were 2-0 down within... Five minutes, they had 20 shots on target, 14 of them went in. You, that never happens. That never mm. happens in, in, in football. And it was just, a, it was just a, a horrible night and a record that, that, we, that we desperately wanted to avoid. But there you go. So, so that's from our perspective. But to give France their due, I mean, some of the touches, some of the finishes were simply sublime from some of the very best players in the world. I mean, they'd have breezed past... With that performance, that have breezed past most most countries in the world. It just so happened that that it was little old Gibraltar stood stood in front of them, and they were at their absolute ruthless best. And you could, I mean, look, I, I got home, and 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 Amy said that she saw some of the some of the goals, and she was like, "But were they being? Was it a bit harsh of them to be? Couldn't they have taken it easy, been a bit more simpatico with Gibraltar? <laughs> you know what I mean? And it's just that's not how it goes. It's just it's just a winner's mentality that you go all out and for the juggler. You know what I mean? I don't blame them. Nobody, no, yeah. nobody who knows football would. But it was so painful. It was so painful to watch. I mean, I saw uh, in the in the dime minutes. Um, I think um, Dale Coling stayed down. 
uh, after Mbappe had uh, had lobbed him, mm. he stayed down for uh, you know uh, ten, twenty, thirty seconds, sort of holding his hamstring, and and. Mbappe came over to to like help him back up. He's like, no, no, come on, you're not gonna, you're not gonna like waste any time here. We've still got one or two more goals to score. You know, like such was. The, the, I think it's a it's a sign of respect as well. No, they treated it like a match like any other. You know, they they want to go all out uh, because because that's what footballers do. They want to perform their best. They want to score goals. They want the good records. Uh, so in a way, it's it's you know it's what you'd expect. Respect shown on the pitch from the French, which which is fine. But then post full time, it, it it got really ugly on social media. I noticed that Gibraltar were were trending on Twitter that night. I didn't dare click into it to see some of the comments, but we we were a laughing stock that night for the footballing community. And I know that it is a a, a very serious situation, but it must be said that poor Ethan Santos was actually receiving death threats online. From, no. from some PSG fans for having injured their their star boy, and you know, you 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 try not to take social media too seriously, but at the same time, you know that that sort of stuff can can stay with you, and yeah. and that was happening too. So he'll he'll need some support for sure, for sure. Him and the um, and the rest of the lads because confidence will be will be on the floor at best right now. Yeah. Well, um, we're, we're going to cross to uh, Jose Maris later on in the show uh, to see what the mood in the camp is like. Uh, but I've just got one more question for you before we go into the rest of the weekend sport. Is it a good thing that we've got a, another match tomorrow night against I mean, ideally it wouldn't be the Netherlands, but is it a good thing that you've got a match to to try and bounce back and erase the memory or or, or sort of move on at least from uh, you know the the sort of negative feelings around Saturday night's match? Is it a good thing that that comes so quickly, or is it a bad thing because the the players and the squad needed a bit more time to reflect and heal? Yeah, good question. I'm not really sure. I think so long as they keep it below fourteen nil. No, um, I don't know to be honest. I I. I be tempted to say yes, but also I think these players, along with the coach, along with the fans, cannot wait for the end of this campaign, wipe our hands of it and just move on and look forward to the Nations League because this has been, I mean, Very tough. tough would be an understatement, yeah. But uh, Gibraltar has to pick itself up. Our players are in action again tomorrow night against the Netherlands in Faro, where our sports reporter Jose Maris Ruiz is um, what's the mood like in the camp, Jose? Good afternoon, Jonathan. Well, I mean, it's quite quite good considering I think um, all the players are trying to to put that scoreline in the past, which which it is technically in the past, and look ahead to what's going to be another tough game tomorrow. I mean, all the games are tough for us, but they don't get any harder than playing the Netherlands straight after France. I know it's it's you know it, it, on the one hand it's. A beautiful thing, you know, before our entry into UEFA 10 and a bit years ago, this is what we all dreamed about. But on the other hand, the reality of having a few injuries in your squad, uh, then having, you know, the the, the misfortune, if you like, of a known goal and and a few early goals and then a red card is just, it's a lot to deal with. Not for uh, a nation, ultimately, that is 30,000 people when you compare us to, you know, the likes of France and Netherlands. Yeah, exactly. I think when you take into consideration that we are a small nation and then add on to that the fact that things just didn't go our way with own goal, a red card, some deflected goals. I mean, it was just a coming together of everything that could possibly go wrong, going wrong on that night. But um, and like you said, a few injuries missing, missing players as well. Ifan Brito, Bernardo, uh, Graham Torrilla, Ifan Santos now the red card. So it'll be interesting to see 
Alhulia lines up tomorrow in defence because he's, he's missing a lot of key players. But hopefully we'll do better than we did on, on Saturday night and the players that do come on can, can leave their mark on the, on the game. So they're trying to look forward. Um, Bev says, uh, move on now. The combination of cascading bad luck and psychological pressure just compounded. Uh, and she thought that the players looked a, a little bit down um, on, on Saturday night. But she says the only way is up. Do you get the sense that they're already on the way up, Jose, then? Are they already sort of picking themselves up and, and sort of dealing with it and preparing for tomorrow night? Well, I think uh, actually in the press conference, Julio Rivas said that if there's something that he doesn't have to do with these players is motivate them. He said the players are always motivated and always excited to play games. So I suppose that answers the question. No, the players are, are motivated. And from what I've seen in the training drills that I was watching this morning, you know, they're giving advice to a youngster still. It was, it was positive and that's where it should be really because they could think about what went wrong on Saturday, but they'll have to pick themselves up and be positive for tomorrow's game. So I think... People might say that maybe not taking it seriously enough if they're all happy and laughing away in training, but I think that's a better way to tackle the problem rather than being so depressed of what happened on Saturday night, especially when you have to face benevolence tomorrow. And uh, Robin mentioned an element of, um, you know, sort of the downside to the international attention, uh, some social media uh, comments towards Ethan Santos um, from Paris Saint-Germain fans, um, e- e- even sort of threatening him. Uh, is this something that uh, that has been discussed uh, by, by Julio Rivas and his, and his captain? Well, I did ask... Uh... Roy, the captain, was also in the press conference. If if that tackle that that injured that player, Warren, the PSG player, has opened up that kind of worms of of should nations like Gibraltar be going up against France? And his his reply was quite simple in saying that's football. So, I mean, I, I guess it is football, and I think it's a concern more for the bigger nations than for us. And in terms of the the threats that Ethan Santos has received, they didn't really go into detail with with that. All right, let's let's hear from Roy Cipollina now. I think it's disgraceful that um, anyone in Gibraltar um, speaks about our players like that. And if anyone thinks for, for any second that all the boys out there don't give their all, they're very much mistaken. Um, people need to realise who we are, where we come from. So he, Roy Cipollina, the Gibraltar captain there, um, just really emphasising that the players gave 100% and, and he was hurt that, that some people may think otherwise. Yeah, that's, that's exactly right. I mean, I myself saw a lot of people online saying exactly that, that they didn't feel the players were, were giving it the role on the pitch. And I suppose it is hard when, when you're down 6, 7, 8, 9 nil to carry on being positive and giving it your all. But at the same time, it's, it's unfair to really criticise the players when they're playing in front of a packed stadium in France against France, you know, and we are such a small population and to try and bring the players down now ahead of a big game against the Netherlands, I mean, I think that's kind of what, he, what he's trying to say, that people should be supporting us, well, us, I say us because I'm a Gibraltar, people should be supporting the players and their fights and what they're doing and motivating them for, for the game against Netherlands and not kind of pushing them down for what happened on Saturday. Yeah, we had uh, one of our listeners, Jonathan, get in touch a short while ago to say that really uh, being a football fan uh, means para lo bueno y para lo malo. Um, we, we also had uh, um, another comment from Douglas uh, who thinks that there's a, a lot of money 
in uh, Gibraltar football at the moment, and he's wondering whether any heads might roll because of uh, Saturday night's uh, heavy defeat. Was that at all mentioned, discussed, thought about uh, at the press conference? No, it hasn't. I mean, from from what I understand, the, the GFA fully backs Julio Rivas. Uh, I suppose that at the end of these uh, at the end of these qualifying matches, like like all associations around the world, will get together and, and have a discussion about Julio. Whether that will be a long discussion or a short discussion, I'm I'm not sure about. But uh, I think it might be a bit unfair to to base the whole five years in this 14-0. Because just going back to to the press conference. Roy made it a point to say that even big teams lose by big margins, you know, referring to the World Cup semi-final where Germany beat Brazil 7-1 and even just a few weeks ago in the Premier League, Newcastle beating Sheffield United 8-0. So he said it happens and it's not fair to judge a team or a coach on just one performance like that. Yeah, uh, John has been in touch, one of our listeners, saying exactly that, Jose. Uh, if you look at some of the most powerful teams in the world, Man United uh, beaten by Liverpool 7-0, Barcelona uh, lost 8-2 against Bayern Munich, and Brazil is purportedly in a crisis uh, for not having won three games in a trot. Uh, so th- sometimes the, the pressure on, on uh, football players uh, can be a little bit... Um, a little bit much no? and a little bit unfair. Yeah, and like you said, I mean, these, these players that play for Gibraltar are local players from a small community and we're talking about players on the big stage that get paid millions of pounds and, and fully live off this trade and they're getting criticised for lesser things or even maybe more minuscule things that are players. It seems like sometimes we hold our players to a higher regard than those professional players, it feels like. Bueno, Jose, um, you're going to be reporting on uh, the preparation for tomorrow night's match. Maybe we can touch base tomorrow again and see what what the team news is. Uh, Any any injuries or anything at the time being? Well, just uh, the usual players that were already left out from the initial squads like I mentioned before, but no new injuries to add on from from that French from that France games. Of course, Ivan Santos will will miss out on that match from the record. On Radio Gibraltar and on GBC Television, Gibraltar today with Jonathan Scott. Demolition works at the Bayside School at the old Bayside School have started ahead of the construction of buildings there for mixed use, residential, retail and also business units as well as some open space uh, for people uh, to enjoy. Uh, There will be a plaza there working from memory, I think that's how they're referring to it, but definitely some new public space created there. Uh, Definitely mixed feelings from those who have witnessed their old classrooms disappear uh, in the past few few days. Yalta says the old drama studio produced legendary performers and artists. Christian says lots of good memories, but principally that was the staff, the teachers and friends. The building has always or has for a long time been in bits. Janine said her son was very upset because the building is has been home to so many memories uh, from his childhood in that school. Such a shame. Uh, and she thinks that something uh, should be put in place there for children to enjoy. But hopefully that public space, that new public place, will become somewhere where... Um, 
pe- young people uh, can can hang out and, and, and enjoy. Jonathan points to the fact that an entire road of parking spaces that was recently introduced uh, has been removed just a couple of months later. He's not sure if any alternative spaces will be provided. And Jackie, who lives in Glasses Estate, says that she's taking pictures every day to prove just how much dust uh, they are going to have to deal with and breathe in. And last word on this to Jason, who's looking at the demolition works at the old Bayside School and saying, the building may be gone, but the friends and the memories will last a lifetime. Gibraltar Today with Jonathan Scott. The Literary Festival uh, came to a close yesterday, Sunday afternoon, after three days of uh, talks at different venues across town covering a lot of different topics. Uh, We heard uh, a short while ago from the uh, Tourist Board Chief Executive um, who said that uh, it's a a growing focal point for event-led tourism. Our reporter Christina Cortez was at a lot of the talks and joins us now. Uh, Good afternoon, Christina. what were the highlights for you? Good afternoon. Um, well, um, there were a number of highlights. I mean, there were 20 speakers, as you say, across three days, uh, different venues. And uh, some of the most, well, the most high profile one was, of course, uh, former Prime Minister uh, Theresa May. So she uh, was interviewed by the Chief Minister Fabian Pigardo on stage at the John McIntosh Hall, which was packed. And her talk was on the abuse of power, which is subject of her book. So she was arguing for a new emphasis on service to the public and country, the concept of service. Um, and she highlighted what she termed abuses of power from scandals at Westminster to uh, the response to tragedies at Hillsborough and Grenfell, for example. And of course, she spoke about Brexit, where she said that her aim had been to try to deliver it in a way that recognised the concerns of both the 52% who'd voted for it and the 48% who hadn't, a very divided country. And she mentioned Gibraltar briefly, um, saying that it had been uh, very important to her to include the rock and Brexit negotiations uh, in her time in the withdrawal agreement. So she was obviously one of the standout one of the standout stars of this year's festival. Uh, another one, of course, Dame Mary Berry, who is uh, well known for her time on the Great British Bake Off, but has had a long career as a celebrity chef. Um, both of her talks sold out rapidly, although, of course, the, it was a bit delayed on Friday with the with the fog. She was on the same plane as the Princess Royal and uh, Lady May. L- lots of excitement around her, no? Lots of excitement around her. Both of her talks sold out rapidly and they were packed and just we could feel the enthusiasm from the fans. And she spoke about what underpins her cooking and gave out tips such as uh, relying on simple ingredients uh, to ensuring you follow the recipe, uh, making sure your cake tins are the right size and that your oven's at the right temperature and, and making notes as you go along. So gave him across the impression of somebody who is very meticulous and thorough. And I asked her uh, about her talk. Um, and got yeah, quick. yeah, we do have a... I've been talking about uh, Mary Makes It Easy, which is my uh, current TV series, which is on Thursday nights. And... Uh, uh, lots of recipes. Every recipe has uh, a picture that I've tried to use. Um, many of them have the few ingredients in. Um, there, a lot of them are in one dish. Who likes washing up? Um, and there's a lot of um, uh, extra use of vegetables because. Uh, but I do have lovely meat pies and uh, casseroles as well. Um, some ideas for Christmas. Uh, a very varied book but all making it simple and easy. The question on everybody's mind was, did she give out any of her food? No, she didn't. Oh. <laughs> I'm afraid to say. She just gave out, gave out useful advice, though. <laughs> and uh, she also spoke about how much uh, she'd enjoyed coming to the festival. 
We had a beautiful dinner at the hotel, at the ship, and uh, last night, um, and uh, uh, it is so beautiful. We came through these little narrow streets uh, with only just a room for a car. It was really lovely, and we've been given a great welcome here. And I had no idea that it was so beautiful and the building so interesting. Oh, those are um, like warm words and, yes. and seemingly very genuine. And echoed by, I think, everyone that I spoke to at the festival. I think they've all just really enjoyed the experience. They enjoyed the venues, such as the Garrison Library. They've just, uh, yeah, they've, they've, they've really enjoyed their time here. And, you know, there was those were probably the two highest profile names, but there was a lot more. And for me, one of the highlights of the festival, if not the highlight, was the talk on Friday by Wendy Mitchell. Uh, she was diagnosed with early onset Alzheimer's and uh, she spoke about what it's actually like to live with dementia, from how it affects your senses and emotions, as well as your memory, how it's important to hold on to hope as well. So she received a standing ovation. I don't think anyone in the audience wasn't moved. You know, it was it was it was an incredibly inspirational talk. I uh, really enjoyed hearing from crime writer Anne Cleves as well. She was very witty and thoughtful, down to earth, explaining how, you know, uh, she crafts her characters and her plots and makes sure that the setting is always very important. We also heard from Ukrainian teenager Yeva Skalietska, who actually uh, spoke about her experiences fleeing the war. And her message was that you don't really know what war is till you've lived it and how it can go from sort of normality to being a refugee in, in one second. And I have to confess to be, personally being a little starstruck when I met uh, the legendary BBC broadcaster James Nochte, who was just a delight to speak to. So uh, we've spoken to a number of the speakers. He's the, the Jeremy, yes. Jer- Jeremy Hunt <laughs> Fam- guy. Famous yeah. for an unfortunate uh, on-air misstep, but also for a very long and, uh, and storied career. career yeah. Thanks for listening to those highlights from Gibraltar Today. I'm Kelly M. Borge, the show's producer. We're live on Radio Gibraltar Monday to Friday from 1 to 2, getting behind the headlines. And you can catch up here whenever you like. Until next time, have a good one. GBC Podcasts. Local voices on demand.